Tuesday, October 4th, and this is Season 7, Episode 9 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Jeff. Hello. John. Lovely to be with you, as always. Peter. Thanks, mate. Nice to be here. And Lucas. Hello, hello, hello. So, uh, I'm going to jump right into today's match, which I think we're going to have a little bit less to say about, but... Uh, so Champions League, um, we're coming off of uh, the the bad Arsenal loss, which uh, we'll have plenty to say about uh, later on in this episode. Um, but I think we were looking for a strong performance to be able to um, t- to show that we do have some teeth left. Um, but it didn't quite work out that way. Um, kind of a back and forth, uh, can't finish our chances type match. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Well, I think that was it. I think that was the the story of the game. Missed chances. Had we taken our chances, we'd have been four up by uh, halftime. But we didn't. And I think therein lies the story of the game. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it just seemed amazing to me that Kane got into a position where he would score 90% of the time, three times, and didn't score at all. And then uh, Son had an opportunity that you would normally expect him to put away. So uh, frustrating from that point of view. But I thought that the overall performance was pretty good because we were getting into the position to score goals, um, which we have not been doing. Um, We just didn't put them away. Yeah, and I think the didn't put them away is... A nice way of phrasing it because, I mean, it, it, at this point, I, I didn't really expect anything different. And I think Conti set us up today with the mindset that getting a draw was okay today. And, yes, we can look at our, our strikers up top and say that Kane, Son, Richarlison all had, like, moments where they should have put one away. But when, when you're getting them so infrequently, it wasn't as if these chances were coming, like, hot and fast and they were just bundling chance after chance after chance. It was – there was like, oh, Kane would have a chance. And then there'd be a 15-minute lull where we wouldn't see the ball in their box. And that's really hard for somebody in the attacking third to actually try and get into the rhythm of the game. And, again, we've seen this. We've run the same lineup out in the same strategy against multiple teams now. And we've now been – I know this was labeled the easy group, and we never wanted to call it that. But I'll say what it is. It is is the easiest group in the Champions League. We've now played halfway through our group group stage, and we have yet to score on a team versus 11 men. I mean, that's a problem. Right, but when we did pass the ball forward, I mean, our passing was abysmal, and Sun seemed to function like a brick wall today. You know, everything that came to him bounced immediately back to the midfield. Um, and that's been another constant problem throughout the season. Our, our pass, we are a terrible passing team, just flat out terrible, and it's not getting any better. Do you guys think that this is a, uh, a Conti philosophy that, that we're seeing play out? Like Champions League, you're, you're away in the Champions League. Um, if you can't win, don't lose. And we certainly pulled that off if that was the the goal. Um, but is a point enough when we did have the opportunity, given the other uh, other match in the group and the way that went, that we could, we we could uh, make a case for the group once again. Well, strategy and philosophical philosophical bullshit is it means nothing if you can't put the ball in the net. It doesn't matter what system we'd have played today. If we'd created those chances and put them away, we'd all be, you know, happy chappies. 
it really is a question of executing on the chances and we just didn't do it today yeah i agree with you i mean what it it seemed it doesn't matter what system you're playing if that final pass isn't going to work or is not going through which it seemed happened over and over again um the the strategy and how we were set up is really irrelevant um we could have we could have played any strategy if you're not if you're not getting that final pass or the final touch where we where you needed it which was happening today we've just screwed now having said all that i think there are a couple of things that we need to take from this game that are positives um on maybe you think i'm stretching but nonetheless we did not concede a goal and we drew away so if you put those two things together you could say that maybe that was a success frustratingly we could have won it but we didn't, and it's not the end of the world, but we didn't concede a goal, and we did get a point. So, And, and I see exactly where you're coming from on that. The, just to me, the danger that lies behind that is that we've, we all felt ourselves, because, again, for listeners at home, like we're all recording this right after the game. We're all still here at the pubs. So we all just watched this at the pub together, and there was so much talk of, like, wow, you know what? Well, we've really been the better side today. And I'm like having deja vu because I'm like, I remember us saying the exact same thing through 89 minutes in Portugal. And so to me, there's, it's, I don't really, in, in football is a game of inches where you can have like the entire game be dictated by an early goal or something like that. But if that early goal doesn't come, we saw this, this looked really repetitive of the West Ham game where we drew 1-1 away at West Ham, and I said then, I said, I think we set up a formula, and this is how you can stop us, is let us have the ball. Because we looked like we had very little clue what to do when we had the ball, and that's why I take a much, I'm, less, I'm way less harsh on our attacking three in Son, Richarlison, and Kane, because, yes, your job is to go finish those chances, but they're also being asked to do 90% more of the workload than they should be having to do. Kane, is, Kane was dropped deeper than Hoiberg 90% of the time. He was, like, Son was having to try and do dummies and all these creative things in the midfield, which he's not supposed to be doing. And Conte said it himself when we actually played uh, Basuma against Leicester, Conti said himself, he goes, the best part about making that substitution and that tactical change was it allowed Kane and Son to be up top with freedom and be Kane and Son. Kane, Son, and Richarlison have no freedom. They're being asked to do multiple things because we don't have the wingbacks or midfield in these situations to actually go and attack these teams. Well, the other pattern that's going on here is how abysmal we've been as a road team in Europe since the Champions League final, right? We were, we were terrible under Jose, although we, were, we had tons of injuries then. Um, we were bad under Nuno. Um, you know, and then uh, under Conte, we crashed out of the you know, Europa Conference League. Somebody was making a joke today during the game. You know, oh, if we were in Europa Conference, if we were in Europa Conference, we would have lost this game. I mean, <laughs> you know, three years running, we stink in Europe. Um, and it hasn't, it's not the manager, you know, and some of the players have changed. So, you know, what is, what is going on? Yeah, what is going on? Well, again, and to me, I think it starts with the summer window. Um, I think a big thing, and I know I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but 
did we do enough? Conti loves to talk about like rotation and how important that is. And I do not want this to come across like for a second that I'm not backing Conti. I think Conti's, I think we need to trust him. But he talks about rotation and like, but who have we rotated? Who have we really rotated? Like rotation only means having a deep bench and like a really deep squad. That only means something if you use it. Aside from the odd, we were the better team. We'll all admit that today. We were the better team. And it was the 55th minute when Frankfurt saw it fit to bring on a sub. They're like, well, maybe we can tweak something and snag a couple points here. It took us till what, mid-70s where we were just like, okay, now we'll bring on Sess and Ben Davis. So it, your, your bench is only as deep as if you use it and you rotate. So I, I think that aside from our wingbacks, like with the odd game where Perisic and Sassanyong start together or maybe we throw – like that's really the only real rotation and a bar like – it took, what, seven weeks for – the Leicester game where Richarlison came on for Sun, so we really haven't seen any real rotation. Langley so and how, Davis. But that was only forced by injury. Yeah. That was because Ben got injured. So, like, how are we expecting different results when we're literally running? This is the Premier League. Like, they will figure you out. Even teams like shit last year, like a shit Burnley team, can figure you out. Southampton beat us six. They took five out of six points. It's like. Like they will figure you out if you don't rotate and adjust. So that's, I think, the biggest thing that worries me is I don't think we did enough to actually provide Conti with the rotation that he wants. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm confused about this. The other thing that uh, sticks in my mind is that he appears to be addicted to having three forwards. Now, if you're playing that much of an attacking formation and putting three forwards out there, you're supposed to be getting five goals a game, aren't you? I mean, if you only got two forwards, then maybe, you know, three is a stretch. But you've got three forwards who are all capable of scoring goals and that much of an attacking formation. Um, it's You would expect us to score a lot of goals, but we're not. And I think the reason for that, in my humble opinion, is that the midfield is not strong enough and doesn't have enough people in it. Now, sadly, we can only put 11 players on the field at any one time, or it would be a lot easier to put another player in the midfield. But uh, I don't think this is working. I think that we've got, if you just have two out of those three out there, and a great midfield support, which we saw after the substitution on the game Lucas was talking about, it would make more sense to me. It worked when we did it, and now we're not doing it again. Well, to your point like the, on the midfield, I think the problem is that we just simply do not have the personnel. I mean, even if we play three, like a lot of people have been calling for, even if we bring Basuma, he's still more of a defensive option. He's, he's not necessarily going to be the, the guy that's creating having creative passes to get the ball forward i really think the only solution that we have within the squad right now would be to uh, to play somebody like kulishevsky or god forbid even harry kane <laughs> in more of like an attacking midfield role and, and and then that formation i think would work with the 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 three five two but um well but let's yeah, not it's, forget it's the wing backs aren't strong enough is the problem and that's why we need the we need more out of the Very midfield. One of them is, and we don't have the midfield that's strong enough. So we're Very struggling to get 
the ball to those strong attackers. Very quick. It's just, it's just, that is a, it's the chicken and the egg. Like what comes first? It, it's, you, you can't blame one without blaming the other. If you, if one is weak, you need the other to be strong. You can't have both be weak. So I think Hoybier and Bentoncourt are great. If in Conti's system, they could be great if we had good wingbacks that fit into a Conti system. But if we don't, we need those midfielders. We need an actual midfield. If you don't have proper wingbacks, you need a proper midfield. You can't have neither. A you proper need attacking midfield. Yes, you need one or the other. You can't have neither. And that's where we're kind of – the midfield doesn't know what to do. They give it to the wingbacks who give it back to the midfield because they don't know what to do with it. And I, and I think we're all kind of on the same page with a lot of this stuff. But here's, here's a question. How will Conte react to this game? His presser tomorrow – Will he say, I'm happy with the result, I'm happy with the the game, Absolutely. we create a lot of chances, and on another day, we're 4-0. Yeah, I, I think so. that's, exa- oh, yeah. that's exactly what he's going to say. Take the point on the road. Yeah. Yeah. And, However, even though it's an opportunity missed, but because Sporting lost today, right? So yes. three points would have eased, greased our path to the next round a lot, even though we got two home games and all the rest of it. But Conte is not going to be unhappy with that game today. No, and again, I think I think we saw that with the way we lined up with very little changes, and I think we saw that with the way he made very little subs. I think he was very happy today with getting a point. And to his credit, I know we're all freaking out about like me and my say we all. I'm trying to include you guys in my freak out. Like I'm freaking out. I would love to see some changes made, but if we hadn't melted down in four minutes in Portugal, we'd be sitting pretty right now based on what his method was which was to get a draw on the road and win your games at home. That's how you get through in the Champions League. So it, uh, it, it, his, his, like his system, clearly like it worked enough, but for us it's excruciating as supporters because we're just like, oh my God, we, we got to score a goal. We got to facilitate some chances. We got to do – because even as we, we like to say, like Kane, Son, Richarlison missed some chances today, we didn't have a shot on goal until, what, 70? Somewhere around the 70th yeah. minute, it right. was. It was. So what? These chances that we were missing were not clear-cut golden up. Op- wasn't like their goalkeeper was standing on his head. So it, it's frustrating for us. But I think Conti's very happy with the way that this has gone because, and I think we saw that today with the way he set up, being like, you know what, we don't need to make any subs. Like, and the only subs he made was. I think the first sub he wanted to make Davis. was for a with a Langley yellow card. So he's like, I think that was his big thing. It wasn't like, oh, this is a tactical thing. It's like, I just don't want him to get a red. So, yeah, I, I think he was more than happy with the way that game played out. And and to be fair, it, it isn't as if Frankfurt was batting down the door either and just no. banging in chances like they – and nor was, nor was sporting. So, I, I mean – as far as Champions League goes, it's like you can't really blame his method, but I mean, I, I think something's going to have to change if we want to go through. Well, I, yes, and I think we are going to go through because um, Conte's, for me, Conte's number one goal will be to win the, the group. But if we can't do that, it's to go through. And it looks at the moment and that we may be the group where... Th- Three teams go through, and I don't know if that's a. I don't know how that works. Maybe I'm wrong, but is that even a thing? I, I, I don't know. It Maybe it's not a thing. But uh, no, I think no. you're right. I think usually it's, one no, group sends three, right? No, yeah, one yeah. group sends three, but no, it's, it might, two, it's two of each. It's two of each, and the bottom and the number third team in the group goes to Europa. Okay, well let's assume that I'm wrong, but 
which I obviously am. there's 32 teams and 16 of us will be in the knockout stage. Yeah. So, so the goal is to get through the, to, the, to the knockout stage. And if Conte's plan is to draw away and win at home, then we're going to get through. Well, we do have one advantage since we're so terrible in away games, is when we do play Marseille, Marseille has to play in front of an empty stadium. That's a great point that you brought up today yeah, that I didn't Because UEFA know about. came down on them for shooting fireworks at the Frankfurt supporters last time they played at home. So at least that time the crowd won't freak us out. Because let's be honest, we melt in front of loud crowds all the time. It didn't impact them today, though. Yeah. I didn't. Maybe the two skyballs from Sun. I mean, you were saying that they weren't clear-cut chances. Oh, yes, they were. Yeah, they it's were. Sky, sky, they, the balls got skied out by Sun and Kane. I, the one, that, the one went right onto his boot, and he still is. I'm talking like he was still on the outside of the like outside of the box. Romero played it on his other foot. Like it, it wasn't as if we were creating chances. That that's the hard. I thing. agree with you there. Yeah. That's to me, and, and again, I'll, I'll rephrase that because you're right. Like we expect, especially after watching Son paint in the goals that he painted in against Leicester, like you expect him to tap those ones in for him. But I, I just mean in terms of when it when when one chance occurs for one player once every 20 minutes, it's a little bit different than like when you watch. It's like oh my god, like Holland for Man City. It's like you're watching every third pass is a like dime in the box where it's like yeah like you, you do enough of those like each guy's gonna have, like would they have two hat tricks this weekend like him yeah. and Foden like so it, it's the amount of chances that you're creating are going to nine times out of ten with the attacking front that we have we will be just knocking those in we just can't be doing it so sporadically where we have a oh Kane almost had that one oh Son almost had that one and then we don't have a chance in the box for another 30 minutes well but we did get the ball into a position I mean the wide guys were getting those crosses in into a great position and you would expect us to put those away nine times out of ten except that we didn't put them away four times out of four yeah I think that's exactly right that's that's John that's precisely what I was going to say is that statistically speaking a blind squirrel is going to find a nut we didn't find the nut we should have done and I think we'd be having a very different conversation had we, uh, had I think we, we found just, the nut. I think we just got our podcast title right there, <laughs> Find the Nut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if we hadn't watched that game, the away point, we'd have taken it. The yeah. problem is we just watched it. We just lived it. And the other problem, too, for me, though, is we are still technically in the driver's seat. We're in the driver's seat to win this group. We have two home games against both teams that we drop points against. And the team that we beat, we play away in a stadium, as Jeff had pointed out, that has no – like, they have no fans. So that will be an advantage to us. Um, but that just thing, makes today more frustrating. Exactly. And the thing that frustrates the life out of me is the last time we had a special moment where we were in the Champions League, like, going to the final. Yeah, that year we went one point out of nine – through this stage we I think we drew against PSV we lost to Milan and we lost to Barcelona so we had one point through nine at this stage which made those next three games fucking excruciating to watch like the pressure was now the players handled it like absolute pros but for me (laughs) I'm sitting here in the pub with you locked like freaking out so I'm like 
that's where this just kills me is I'm like, God, we could have made the next three games absolute piss-ups. We could have nine points from nine right now, and we could be just laughing our way to the bank, just guessing who we're going to get in the knockout stage. And instead, I now have to freak out about these next three games, and that's where I'm just frustrated to hell. Well, the other important thing about that is the fixture congestion, right? If, if we had taken care of business by now, we could be resting guys oh, totally. yeah, for, yeah. for the rest of the group Absolutely. stage. Yep. And now we <laughs> yeah. can't. So. Yep. Getting a spend yeah. uh, some yeah, precious exactly. minutes Giving guys a run champions. out. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Now it's yeah. Yeah. Be Using a- the rotation we keep hearing about. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our alleged rotation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this is a good place to go to um, MVP. So let's, uh, let's start with Lucas this time first. Oof. MVP. Um, Jeez. Um, Pick a number. Yeah, honest <laughs> to God. I, I, you know, honestly, I think uh, MVP would probably be Dyer. Like, made no mistakes, sound to the back. Um, Had some good passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, going I'm like. Forward. I, I would say Dyer. I think Romero played well too, but Romero had some dodgy moves that scared the hell out of me. Romero, but. I think Dyer was sound at the back today, and I'd give him the MVP. Okay. There wasn't, there wasn't someone else that was just itching to get it. <laughs> and that's the point. Everyone was decidedly average. Yeah. Um, picking an MVP here is Sophie's choice. Um, Hoiberg put his nose in a couple of times, put himself about. And got, but, by the way, got one of the most bushly yellow cards I think I've seen in a long time called on him, which is why he had to then kind of taper the way he played for the rest of the game, just... Total bullshit. That little stroking of the fella's cheek. I mean, I mean ridiculous. I mean, Tommy and I do that on a nightly basis. <laughs> I mean, we don't get yellow cards, so. To Hoybier, yours, Peter. Hoybier. Uh, John? Well, I'm just going through the lineup, and I'm thinking, no, no, <laughs> no, no. And I got to the end, and I didn't have a yes. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, it's a very difficult game to to give a most valuable player to. Um, if I have to, I think Hobier, uh, because he did put himself about a bit and um, managed to achieve and try and get us into uh, into good positions. But uh, but essentially, I'm as I said, I went through the list and nobody got it. But if I've got to, it's going to be Hobier. Jeff? Yeah, I thought everybody was uninspired. So if I have to give it to somebody, I'll give it to Hugo, just because um, he did some nice sweeper keepering here and there when required, and he didn't make any terrible, egregious mistakes like he did a few days ago, which I'm sure we'll talk <coughs> about. So, <laughs> yeah, I I probably would agree with you on Hugo. It, it would have to be Hugo. I mean, I was trying to think, uh, like, Kane did some amazing flicks to set up some plays to Sun that Sun kind of blew. So I think, and he was doing a lot dropping back into the the midfield to try and get the ball out of it. Um, So I could make the argument that he created some of those chances and I could possibly give it to him, but I think Hugo's probably the better bet here. And, And we'll have some negative things to say about Hugo for the next match, so it's probably good for me to give it to him here. Yeah, real quick, I just want to give an honorable mention to, I thought Brian Hill was exactly the sub 
in that moment, that was the exact type of sub. Like, he acted like the way you would want to see a sub act in that moment. He came on, he was hungry, he was aggressive, he was trying to run through players. All stuff that we hadn't seen our starting 11 actually take a chance at. So he came in and he was just aggressive and he tried to create stuff. And, and, and that's what you need. If we had that mentality, if everyone had that mentality for 90 minutes, I can't imagine we didn't score five goals today. So I really wanted to give him a shout-out. Like, I thought he was brilliant in that. Yeah, that little run he made late to try to get – the pressure off you know and get the, the ball he, forward that was nice or the one so. where he sprinted back to like just keep it from being a corner and he stopped mm-hmm. it by himself and then ran through three guys and got a throw in like so he uh, yeah he did great yeah. I, I just wish he was strong I he had a couple ba- bad touches but a lot of people had a so I can't judge based off of that so they definitely a good shout out it was nice to see him get minutes I want to I want to see some more while we have the opportunity with Kulishevsky hurt Lucas hurt it's a good good opportunity for him now and see if we've got something there that we can actually make use of um, let's go to LVP next and we'll go back around to Lucas yeah this is a tough one but um I'm gonna take some heat. For, I'm gonna take some absolute heat for this one, but for me, it was actually Hugo. Um, I know it's hard to give the LVB to your goalkeeper when he has a clean sheet, but I, I mean the way he breaks up the play with his inability to play it out from the back is astounding. He had that one where he came out to clear it, and he actually cleared it closer to our goal. Went behind him. Yes. It, it, it's astounding how bad he is with his feet. And it actually matters. Like, yes, it doesn't hurt us in terms of causing a goal. But it, it is so brutal in terms of actually building up play from the back, which is what we're supposed to be doing in this system. He is the best shot stopper in the league, hands down, in my opinion. But there, there is... I mean, and, and I'm not trying to sit here and be like a hater saying, oh, we need Forster in now or something like that. But but we do need to start looking for a young goalkeeper that can be in this system because I, I just – there were so many times where he would just, even without pressure, would just clear it to nobody and just bash it out of bounds or just bash it out of play with like 30 yards and just hand them a throw in in our attacking third. It's – it. It breaks up our momentum and our ability to try and create something going forward. It's just, it's brutal. Like, yes, he, he had a good moment where the guy had that one in and tried to flick one in on him and he had a great save. But other than that, I'm like, he just, what he did to like actually hurt our attacking play today was almost more than what he did to actually prevent goals today. I, I get your point there. And I would say, that we should have been looking for his replacement two years ago. That's like, a fair point as well. And somebody that would be willing to be an understudy for a year, knowing that they would be taking over this job by now, maybe this year. Because I do think it, as good as Hugo's been for us, as a, as a, a great captain he's been, uh, he's – he doesn't have that part of his game. And uh, he's a great shot stopper and will take it. And uh, I love him, but I think we could have started preparing for the next step earlier. Um, no love for Brandon Austin? You don't think he's the man? He's going <laughs> to replace Hugo? Uh, Peter, uh, what do you have for LVP? Uh, LVP, again, it's as tricky as uh, MVP, this one. Um, but I found myself rolling my eyes more for Sun on this game than I did, I think, on most anybody else. Again, he had 
led feet in this game. Balls were bouncing off him all over the time. He couldn't make the pass. So another, unfortunately, frustrating game for Sonny. So, LVP. John? Uh, for me, the most frustrating player on the field was Kane. Um, he seems to be getting into this habit of really not feeling that he's... or not doesn't appear to be giving it his all all the time. And it showed up today... Uh, so the person I expected a lot more from is Kane, and consequently he's my LVP. That's interesting. Effort. That's a, that's a strong word. Yeah. So you're seeing a, uh, a degrading of his effort, or is... Uh, I think so. Um, it, it just seems to me as if he's, he's waiting for things to happen, waiting for people to get him the ball. John, do you think it's effort or fatigue? I can't believe it's fatigue. These people, these guys are enormously fit and should have no problem playing two games a week. I think Uh, it's he's being asked to, to, he's playing a striker role and they don't want him to have to drop back as much as he has to to try and get the ball forward. And I and maybe that does cause some of the fatigue that Lucas is talking about. But but I think some of it is Conte doesn't want him to be um, playing that that. Those other roles. Yeah, and Conti had expressed that he wants him to be up front in the ideal Conti system. And that's kind of where I just meant with fatigue is I feel like if you're going to use the Man City example, it's like I feel like he's being asked to be De Bruyne and Holland at the same time. So he's trying to facilitate all these goals and then go try and be on the end of them where it's like you can't have both. You need somebody in the middle to do that job. Otherwise, he's going to have to do it and... Yeah, and I know we're talking. We're going to be talking about the Arsenal game, but I think there's a, there's a point that we can make here. He had, in, in the Arsenal game, he had one touch in their box. Um, I think he had a lot more touches today. But if you put those two performances together, something's not right. Jeff, yeah, <clears throat> these were my. I was between Son and Kane. The thing about Kane is, if you remember back to the first game of the season, he looked fast. You know, it looked like preseason had been really good for him. He Now he looks like he's dragging a piano all over the field. He is so slow. Anytime somebody puts a through ball in front of him, he cannot catch up to it. But my LVP for today was Sun. Because even when Kane is off, at least he'll get one or two good passes out there somewhere. Sun, when he's off, gives you absolutely nothing. Uh, and today, he might as well have been playing for Frankfurt with some of those balls bouncing off him because, you know, it sent them forward way more than us. Um, so, unfortunately, Lester didn't turn him around, and he's my LVP. Real quick, though, is Kane not, other than Hugo, isn't Kane the only guy that's played every minute of every game so far? Like, I don't remember Kane being subbed off. He might have got subbed off in, like, the 90th once or once something. This well, year, right. Like, Kane doesn't get subbed off, so he's, like – we're asking him to be a hoy bear where it's like, well, hoy bear can do it because he's a right. Danish lunatic. But and, and like jumping ahead to the Arsenal game, when we had the mass substitution, he left Kane out there for the yeah. horse game. Why? What was <laughs> yeah, the point? Yeah. If that was a lost game and Conte obviously believed it was, why towel. do you leave him out there for 20 more minutes? That made no sense at all. Yeah, well, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, I'll take Son as well. I just think he wasn't that good. I saw a lot more out of Kane that I liked out of this match. It just wasn't necessarily his role at striker, and it wasn't the finishing. But I, but I thought he was very good at facilitating passes and creating chances this game. So I, I could not give him 
LVP for me. But um, let's move the conversation along, and I know we've been dodging this, and we're, we're already going long. <laughs> we talked way too much about that game because we don't want to talk about Arsenal probably, but we have to. Um, so we went into the North London Derby. I think a lot of us were feeling pretty good, like despite like our um, uh, problems with system and, and uh, mixed performances. But after that Sun performance against Leicester, I think we were on a bit of a high. And I think we were coming into this feeling like, yeah, maybe there is a, a chance that this could be the one that we do them at the Emirates. And it didn't quite work out that way. Uh, um, now, a lot of people were asking for a um, the 3-5-2. The, the um, Conte, I think, even uh, talked about it before that game. Um, but I think the personnel just simply wasn't there for it as much as uh, some people are saying, why didn't you use that formation? I don't think the personnel was there. Basuma was just a little unfit, and um, and who were you going to play those three, three midfield as those three midfielders without Kulishevsky either? Um, so we set up the way that we normally do, and it didn't quite go the way that we uh, wanted. Um, Lucas, yeah, and we I'm sure we're going to like discuss a little bit here about tactics and what we think went wrong and different plays throughout the game but for me I, I need to just start with the fact that once again the same group of players has rolled up to the Emirates the same way they do the bridge the same way they do Anfield and have absolutely pissed down their leg it's it's the same thing over and over again it's like we did last time when with Nuno I mean, yes, that was a Nuno team, but we had also just won three on the bounce and we rolled in there and just got steamrolled by them. And then the same thing was the year before where we played them in the spring. And it's, we, we had just come off with, like, with, with, even with Mourinho, it's, we played them where we had just beaten the crap out of Palace. Kane and, Kane and Bale score a brace. Like they were on the, they were just on the fritz and we were just steamrolling teams. And we roll in there, and this team somehow has the mentality that it's like, oh, my God, we're going to the Emirates. Everyone panic. And we rolled out there, and we didn't see the same level of enthusiasm that we saw against Leicester. We didn't see the level of intensity that we saw against Fulham or even any of the games. Like, Jesus Christ. I mean, we, we had played Champions League games where we came out, and we played Champions League away, and we looked like we had a pulse. This team and this group of guys, bar... I'm trying to think. I'm like, bar maybe Romero, because that was his first game ever playing Arsenal. Bar him, there was no one out there that literally looked like they were up and excited and ready to, like, and knew what this game meant. We do it time after time, so I don't get how we fix this, bar an entire new starting 11. How do we fix this where we actually go play these teams and have a backbone? Yeah, I think you make a good point, but I'm going to say something that's probably going to be unpopular. I thought Arsenal played very, very, very well. Um, like most Spurs supporters, I don't think I've been watching them that much this year. Um, their results have been good, but I really haven't studied the way that they're playing. I thought they, they played um, beautifully, and we had trouble with them. And I'm not sure whether that was because we came into the Emirates with the feeling that we always lose here, which has certainly been the case lately but Arsenal made it extremely difficult and they seemed to me watching them I was like well that's 
what we're supposed to be playing like. Well, that's what we used to play like under Poch. And I know these analogies are starting to be made now, um, as uncomfortable as they are. But that Arsenal team reminds me of 16, 17, 18. The feeling that we had around Poch and that young club and the vibes, I'm here for the vibes and the pints, and that's what they're feeling. That's what they've tapped into. They look lively, they look sharp, they look at it. And they drew first blood in the 20th minute. But even that said, our, our best times under Poch, like our anchor and our root was our back four. Their back four it can be easily exposed. And we have the best attacking three in the Premier League, Bar City. So how is that something that we wouldn't try to exploit? They, they, again, they looked good. They are a good team. I'm not ignorant enough to sit here and be like, well, they're Arsenal, so they, sh- they suck. Like, of course, they're a very good team. There's a reason they're through eight games in the Premier League and they're sitting on top of the table. Like, they're a very good team. That being said, we gave them everything. They had an unmarked just cracker from outside the box because we were a bit lazy coming out. We gave them one with Hugo. We gave them the second goal. And then we gave them a 10th man advantage for 40 minutes. Without that red card, were we all not thinking we were easily coming back and winning that game or at least getting a point out of that? So we gave them everything. Like They didn't actually earn a thing off of us, despite how good they played. And we'll get back to that red card, but go ahead, Jeff. Well, that's what I was going to say um, was even, you know, as well as Arsenal was playing, we were still going toe-to-toe with them until, you know, the gaff between Hugo and, and Romero and, and then Royale losing his mind, which kind of feeds into your point. To begin with, we go places, these big places, and somebody's brain falls right out of their head. It's just a question of who is it going to be, and it was Royale this time because we had a three-man trap on Martinelli. There was no reason for Royale to make that tackle at all. I mean, that was just bonehead stupid. Um, you know, you can argue whether it should be a straight right or not. It doesn't matter. It should never have happened. Um, you know, yeah. but this is what happens to us. Let's do this. Let's talk about this red card. So, yeah, as you said, he, it was a stupid bonehead play. There was no reason to go in and make that challenge. Um, but that being said, um, what actually physically happened, is, is that anything more than a yellow card to anybody here, or do you think it is a straight red? I, uh, watching the game live, I thought it was a yellow. Watching the replay, I thought it was a red. Okay, so the, you do think it was? On that day, there were worse tackles in other games where the player did not get a red. And I think the inconsistency is difficult to accept, although one can understand why. Every referee is going to ref- see it slightly differently. But I agree with Peter. A flash of the moment, I thought, I see, yeah, yeah, maybe a yellow. But then in slow motion, I'm thinking that was a bit naughtier than I... Than I first it was noticed. nowhere near the ball. There was no reason for it. So you put those two things together. Yeah, and, I mean, that, I, I think that, that's a really. I think based off of what wasn't called, like what wasn't being called in this match, not just across the league, as John said, um, I think in this match, like the, the sunny shirt pull is not a yellow card. They didn't go back and bring a yellow card. This was the first card to come out that whole match. And there was a lot of tackles that, that could have been yeah. carded. And to, uh, Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And that's my problem with it is, yes, if you look at it, you could be like, well, you know, that's a red. But you have to look at it in context of the game. That's what I always ask is because if the referee is consistent, then no team has anything to bitch about. 
for example, the last time we played him, the referee uh, was it holding that got the red card. He got sent off against Sun. The first yellow he got, the referee ran up to him and gave up the three fingers, like the okay sign. He gave him three fingers saying, look, that was your third warning. That's your yellow. So he had been consistent with what he was doing. And to me, it's just that is – there were so many challenges. Today, look at this one against Frankfurt. I thought that ref today was out of his mind, but he was consistent. Everything he let go, it was, it was a rugby match. And that's fine as long as you are consistent. So to not call 90% of the shit that you didn't call and then that's the first card you bring out as a direct red when it wasn't – yes, it was stupid as hell. But it's like we had a three-man trap working towards their box. It wasn't a late challenge. It wasn't, oh, I got beat and I'm trying to recover the ball and I did something stupid. It was just a misplaced, dumb challenge. It's, okay, that, that happens 90 times a game. He wasn't, that's, he wasn't even looking at, and that's the, thing, at, at in, the so, player. So it wasn't like he was going in so studs to, to up to, and, to and take so, out his leg or something and like this that. This is an example that I brought up was outside the pub was – Yes, there was 150 of us in here that were all supporting Tottenham. But nine times out of ten, we've, had, we've all been in here with massive crowds here at the pub, and there's a straight red. Every, at least, yes, we all have the bias. We don't want it to be a Tottenham red card. But at least 40% of us will be like, oh, shit, please don't call that a red. Please don't call that a red. Please don't call that a red. But if not one person in the pub was, like, expecting a red, that means it probably deserves a second look. Yeah, the VAR. Yes, again, not we're, yeah, that's it. the thing. Is it's like, like, look, take a look at it. If they had looked at it and and it was still they they upheld the red, then I, with the, then yeah. I, I would be like, with, okay. Well, with the power that you have to come in and take off a man in this game for forty minutes, if you have that power, at least call it a yellow and have VAR tell you you're wrong, not the other way around. But you know who did think it was a red? Conte. The TV cameras caught him immediately after the tackle. I don't know how the director did it, and he freaked out. He knew right there. Three games flashed before his eyes. Yeah, but or was he like, now I have to play Roy, or like Doherty? Like, what was what was he? Well, thinking? the He's horror of Italian. that is what he emotes right. better than all of us. He gets that excited about when we. I saw him look that exact same way when we missed a chance today. So he emotes crazier than anyone. He's yeah, and the other thing I think is telling is we didn't appeal it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think like, uh, as you said, Peter, like we're all sitting here in the pub, r- rooting for Tottenham. I, w- I was completely on board. There's no way that's a card. That's a horrible call. Looking at it later, like yeah, there's a little bit more there, but um, I just don't. Just it doesn't make sense with everything else that was going on in the game, how it was being called, and it, and you. Basically, had a a referee be the primary force in a match, and you never want that to happen. It didn't have to do with the, how the teams played, where we got to the result. It was it was based off of a decision. And and, and I completely agree. And I, I think that the thing that bothers me the most is I don't want Tottenham supporters around the world sitting there being like, "Well, oh god, like we got screwed." Like. We only lost because of this red card. It was a poor decision. It's like, no, we lost because that shouldn't have been a situation. We shouldn't have been down to one in that moment. Royale made a really stupid choice. That being said, that was also one of the least dumb things he did that game. He played piss poor the entire game. We had half the team play miserable the entire game. So, like, 
to look at that moment and be like, oh, well, that's why we lost. It's like, that's nowhere near why we lost. And if you're a Tottenham fan and you think that's why we lost, you need a glass of cop on because that's absolutely not what happened. It was, it, I mean, again, from Jump Street, the, I think the only one that literally looked like he was up for it was Richarlison. <laughs> like, he looked like he was ready to fight everyone. He looked like our new Lamella, except without getting the red card this time at the Emirates. But... Yeah, it was... But, Jeff, I think you agreed with me that it, it looked like we yeah. we felt like we could have come back in this one. Uh, oh, like, without the it wasn't When, like, it, was, yeah, we were when it was 2-1, yeah. I, yeah. Thought, I thought we would still snatch a draw. But, yeah, as soon as the red card came out and then, you know, the 3-1, you know, where they were trying to figure out who to sub in, um, that, that was it. The, so the, I don't the think our play sailed. was that bad. I think we were fighting back. Like, I, I, I think you, you, you're kind of coming down a little bit hard on our level of play. We were playing a good team, and they had some really good chances. There were times we weren't looking good, but we did. We were fighting back. Uh, Peter, like you looked like you wanted yeah, to jump in there. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. Listen, here's, here's a hot take. It was a game of two halves. The first half basically played out the way most of us assumed it would. They had most of the ball. We tried to counterattack. We couldn't make the final pass. We had some passes go astray. Had we made those final balls, had those passes, I think it would have been perhaps a different first half. The second half fell apart on the two mistakes. We all know that. But up until that point, I agree with you, Anthony, we were in the game. We were playing the game plan. But I think that's why you can say that the red card had the huge impact on the game because that took out that momentum um, it also, in my opinion, took too long for the coaches to figure out how to get the subs, how to, to rearrange the team. And during that time, we gave up another goal because we had a gaping hole where Emerson was not. Um, so you put those two things together and it's, uh, it's frustrating for me. But I think that's the reason why you could say the red card had that impact. And I agree with you about yeah the delay really causing a problem, but but I'll agree with Lucas about one aspect of the bad play that Peter brought up, which is right. Our whole strategy was to hit them on the counter. We can't pass for shit anymore. So like the counters were going nowhere because we were not getting the ball up there because it, it, it's ridiculous. We were bad passing team last year. This year, if Kulishevsky doesn't play, we cannot pass. And that's ridiculous. We're a Premier League team. The, 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 our standards should be much higher than this. Agreed. I literally watched uh, Forrest versus Leicester yesterday. And yes, Leicester went up and dominated the game. But like watching Leicester just... Leicester, they were the last, like 20th on the table. We're just passing it around with ease. And I was like, I haven't seen us look like that since... Uh, maybe like eight months. Yeah, but they were playing Forrest. Yeah, but we didn't look like that against Forrest. <laughs> we were struggling. So that's my whole thing is what is it about our mentality when we go to these places? Because, again, I think, yes, the red card was massively it, – it, it, once, once that happened, it was over. But um, for me, we shouldn't have been in that point. We've shown no – like when, hey, we go to play Man City away. Nobody's afraid. Nobody cares. We don't, seem, we, we don't seem the worst team. And so to talk about Arsenal being like, wow, Arsenal was a really good team, and that's why we got beat away. You know what? So was Chelsea. Were we not just as good as Chelsea on week two? Chelsea didn't know who we were. But 
we could have absolutely went in there with the mentality saying, you know what, let's smash this team. They don't know who they are. They drew on week one. We smashed up Southampton. We have the momentum. Let's roll into Stamford Bridge and let's teach these guys a lesson. And what did we do? We rolled out with the same crap mentality saying, oh, my God, it's the bridge. And they took it to us for 90 minutes. And without a weird burst of a Richarlison sub and a couple of a, a, a dodgy <laughs> like a dodgy goal from Hoybeer, which could have been called back, and a last-minute header, we don't get a point out of that. So it's like... What is it about us going to these places where everyone melts down and we just give them that we just give them the, like we just say oh my god benefit of the doubt your arsenal we're playing you away let's panic we could have absolutely taken it to this team because we have a really good attacking mid uh, we have the best attacking three and their back line is dodgy it's like well we're always looking for barometer games aren't we and these games against you know, the, the London rivals are often barometer games that we want to sort of judge ourselves on. Now, listen, we failed, obviously. We can all pin blame on a few places, um, but we failed. Um, Arsenal did not. Now, listen, Arsenal under Arteta have been building something in inverted commas now for a couple of years. He's been, what, there three, four years, spent loads and loads of money. Conte's been there a year, and he's had a couple of windows. I think this conversation is more valid this time next year when we have a couple more windows and then we'll see where we are. But we failed again. 30 times in the last how many bloody years? We haven't won there for 12 games. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing is what it is. And again, it's one of those games that you chalk off the calendar and it's a missed opportunity We'll have to get them back at White Hart Lane, but it's not the same. That's what we always do, though. Because they don't win here either. They don't Agreed. win our home. It's a home and away series. We get that. Yeah. And that's what we've gotten to, where we're kind of at this home and away. Like We seem to be able to defeat them very easily at our home, and they're doing the same to us. And, and maybe it's going to continue like this no matter who our coach is. But Ask Anthony, ask any Arsenal fan, which one would you have liked to have would you rather won this past Saturday or won on May 12th? Ask him which one they would have wanted. They yeah, have I mean, this, this, this. Yeah, they would have wanted to win at our place. Yeah. So, yeah, they get this round. So as pessimistic as we sound, it's like, and I yeah. hope, you know what, I hope we draw them in the League Cup or the FA Cup. Like, we'll smack them. We'll get them back. But it's just. If we get just a, at home. It was just a sucker blow that I was really up for, and I really thought this was our opportunity I think the Kulichevsky injury hurt, and yeah, it, it was a real, it was a sucker punch, but yeah, we'll get we, him back. We are struggling without Kulichevsky. Um but let's go to, uh, can anybody come up with an MVP for this one? Let's, uh, boy, Richarlson. Uh, Richarlson? Yeah. Richarlson looked like an animal, he won us the penalty, he looked like he was aggressive, trying to win balls forward. Uh, for me, he was my MVP, hands down. I mean, he... And that's, that was one of the things that I wanted when I had said, like, maybe this is about the players and their mentality. We had guys on, like, everyone talked about Hugo maybe missing out. And it was like, oh, no, like, we might have to play Forster. Well, Forster's last time at the Emirates, he stood on his head, had, like, 30 saves and was a badass. Another one, Basuma, last time he played at the Emirates, took the piss out of him, dominated him, got the win, and actually got that meme that we all now all love or that gif of him literally – stepping over that Arsenal player laughing at him so like we had guys that weren't afraid of this game and Richarlson was one of them and he really showed it he showed that this wasn't oh my gosh it's the North London Derby he didn't care he went out there and he gave it his all and he looked like a badass so 
Peter, do you have Yeah, anybody? I mean, this is a difficult one again, isn't it? I mean, Richie is an obvious one because he ran around a lot and he gave it some, some, some welly. But um, Bentoncourt had some moments. Longley had some moments as well. Um, but they're few and far between, I think. So I'm going to go for Richie as well. Okay, John? Uh, yeah, it's hard to disagree with, uh, with Lucas and Peter. Um, I thought he was the one that showed the most desire. And yeah. that means a lot. Jeff? So, yeah. Yeah, I'll make it unanimous. I, th- I thought Rich Arlison, I would give a shout-out to Bettencourt. I thought he had a pretty good game overall, too. Okay. Yeah, uh, we'll make it a clean sweep, uh, Rich Arlison, for me as well. Uh, let's go to LVP. Uh, I'll start, and I think it's got to be Emerson Royal. I think there'll be another clean yeah, sweep. he wasn't though. playing yeah. well. He, uh, he, 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 The red card was uh, clearly just a stupid bonehead play, and he, he lost us the chance at the game whether we would have uh, c- come back and been able to equalize or, or e- even win, who knows, but he certainly lost us the chance at the game. Yeah, I think it's in a unanimous sweep here. Everyone has Royale. Um, yep. It's hard not to, but I, I, I just do want to give a special shout to Hugo. I mean, we, we just need better. Like, we need better from you in these moments, and I'm not, again, not going to – blow the panic whistle on Hugo, but it, it is something that we're starting to see. There's been more times than not this year that he's had some horrendous gaffes that have cost us goals in big moments. So, I mean, we really, he needs to sort that out because we need him to do better if we're going to carry on with the rest of this campaign. Well, and to, to be fair, Romero kind of contributed it, uh, the, oh, to totally. that happening and that was, too. And that was totally a weird one. But It was it, a totally it, weird one, yeah. If you're Hugo, I mean, it goes under you and goes through your arms. Like, you're Hugo Lloris. Like, you need to do better than that. But was he panicking that it was a back pass from Romero? Was he thinking, oh, here we go? Was what? that flashing through his mind at the same time? Because it went through his arms and then under his body, so it was a double. That would never get called a back pass. I, I agreed. I mean, well, but no, I think he just screwed up. I think, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He just muffed it. It was. Yeah, I mean, Hugo spilled the ball to begin with right there in front. He parried right, it right back into right, yeah, traffic. So, exactly. and, and Romero's got a guy <laughs> hanging over his <laughs> back. Like, so, who's in the wrong there? Yeah, I, I, I got to go with Hugo yeah, on yeah. the screw up on this one. No, no Romero had oh, to look yeah. at him just being like, oh, it's my, certainly my man, Hugo's like, screw up. But I think there, there were some contributions there that could have been done differently by Romero as well. But. Um, but I think that's probably a clean sweep there for, uh, for Emerson Royal. Um, well, I think this is a good place to go to, to half. Uh, the second half, we are going to uh, preview the uh, Brighton away fixture and then uh, the, the return trip for, against Frankfurt next week. Uh, but first, we are going to go to Luke's Locks. Luke's Locks. All right, hello, hello. We're here with Luke's Locks. First up this week, we're going to take City at home to Southampton. Over three and a half goals. Man City have been an absolute machine. Holland is just scoring goals for fun. And Southampton is more than capable of grabbing a goal on the road, as we Spurs supporters, we know that very well. Uh, They're also very capable of being put to the sword. So take City, Southampton, over three and a half goals. Next up, we're going to take Chelsea minus a half goal at home to Wolves. Wolves remain a very unpredictable side, and Chelsea has started to build some momentum under the Graham Potter era, so the play here is a comfortable Chelsea win at home, easily covering the half goal. 
Third on the docket, we're going to take Newcastle minus a half goal at home against Brentford. This one is just a field play because Newcastle is due for a big home win. They seem to do that against teams that are lower league sides, such as Brentford. So this one's a no-brainer. Take Newcastle minus a half goal at home. Last up, we're going to take over two and a half goals in West Ham at home against Fulham. This one, another no-brainer. Fulham loves to get up against any London side. West Ham seems like they're itching to get their big home win this year. So this one's a no-brainer. Take West Ham, Fulham, over two and a half goals. There's your four free picks of the week. There's Luke's Locks. Free money. Let's go get rich, kids. Well, thanks for that as always, Lucas. Maybe I'll put money on it this time, but probably not. It's free money. Well, uh, anyway, we, ha- we have a couple games to preview, so we're going to roll right into it. Um, so starting off this, uh, uh, this Saturday, we take on Brighton away uh, um, on October 8th. That's uh, um, 10.30 here in Chicago, I believe, right? Um, uh, they're currently... 11.30. 11.30? Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah, I wrote it down wrong. Uh, so currently they're sitting in fourth place in the league. That's 14 points, uh, four wins, two draws, and one loss. So they're playing pretty well, and they did have a uh, 3-3 draw against uh, Liverpool this past Saturday. Um, uh, you know, they're, uh, Troussard is their top goal scorer with five. They've got a couple playmakers in uh, uh, Gross and Welbeck, and McAllister's uh, been uh, scoring a lot of goals too. Um, and they're, they're just generally playing pretty well. Um, they're under a new coach, uh, so um, that, that's always a, a change that we don't know how it's going to impact. That's going to make it a little bit more difficult to prepare for this one. Um, and we do know that they, uh, they defeated us back in April, uh, which kind of put us into a, a problem place until we, we, we got lucky with beating Arsenal. Well, and it put me into a personal tailspin. Yeah. Yeah, so well. so we know that they are kind of like a, a problem team for us. So where are we get, sitting at on this one, uh, Lucas? Well, for starters, them they I mean they absolutely battered us at White Hart Lane last spring, but we took away that by just taking Basuma. Basuma was the reason that they smashed us. That was like when we lost to Newcastle on the final day of the year, and Soko absolutely hammered us and had like didn't he have a brace or something and. So what did we do that summer? We bought Soko, so we took care of that problem. But, um, no, I, I think, yeah, like you said, Troussard's their main, their main guy, but even his, he, yes, he's got five on the year, but three of them came against, he had the hat trick against Liverpool. So um, I, I think this is going to be one of those where we actually need the midfield. Um, we learned that last year, where that this was a team that was willing to bully us in the midfield, and in our own house they just took all the possession and we weren't able to get i don't think we had a shot on goal that game that was one of the first that we had seen since nuno so that was that was a really troublesome game um i'm actually glad that they were able to get the result against liverpool because they were up two nil gave up three and then got the equalizer late so had that been a two nil up three two loss we could be facing a very different pissed off Brighton team so I, I'm okay with the fact that they got that result away at Anfield but um, yeah it's going to be tough um, I really hope that they bring the game to us and we can actually see a little bit of our counter attacking ability on style because the last few teams we've played 
we have not been able to do that. Uh, bar Arsenal, the last few teams we've played have just said, have the ball, and we've really struggled with that. So I think uh, this is their house. Yeah, I think this is their house. They're going to want to bring the game to us, and I think this might be the game to actually sit back and treat it like we would a game at Anfield or against Man City where we let them have the ball and – we did the same thing against Nottingham Forest on the second week or the third week. Well, this should be our template game. This should be back to our normal. Um, operations have resumed. Uh, back to Conte's mechanical, 3-4-3, three, three, everything clicking in place. A mistake-free, solid, consistent 90 minutes. That's what we should be looking for out of this game. This is the start of this insane month, our pre-World Cup mad schedule. We can't dick around with this game. Let's get in there, let's win it, and I think we will, and let's move on. That's all we should be looking for from this game. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Peter, and, uh, you know, we've made enough mistakes in the prior games to now hopefully have that behind us and, and move on. I mean, I, I just have trouble with history and thinking that we're even, even considering a team called Brighton as a decent <laughs> opposition, but... They've got a good little team this That's year. That's just because of our demographic, John. Well, I think I think you're right, and uh, and also our history. And I mean, Brighton have been uh, well; they've been up and down, and this is probably the best Brighton team there's ever been. But nonetheless, the mighty Tottenham Hotspur should not be concerned about Brighton and Hove Albion. Well, we are going to have some injuries still that might be impacting us this game. Kulishevsky won't be available. Um, it doesn't look like Lucas will be back. Um, ben be Davis back. looks like he's he'll be back, so he he should be able to start. Um, and uh, then obviously Emerson Royal is not going to be available. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We'll have a new right wing back this week, right? Um, Who do you think he'll play? Mm. Uh, Doherty. You think? Yeah, I think he'll be. Doherty. I think he'll be Doherty too. I, d- I just I don't see him running. Um, Pierisic out there twice in such a short time span, especially if he's going to switch sides. I think it'll be Sessegnon and um, and Doherty. But How about um, Spence? Do you, or do you think Spence could see minutes? Spence, in Spence this will game? be on the bench. I don't, I, he just doesn't seem to think he's ready. You know, and the only way to that's going to change his mind is if you know all the right wing backs, you know, die in a fire, and he has to throw Spence out there and live with it and see what happens. Um, but that, he's, that's my he's a real talent, and we saw on this yeah. international break, he, he looked very good on the international break for the under twenty one. So I think, yeah, he is a talent, and he's going to be really good for us in the future. I just Conte doesn't think he's ready now, and you cannot change his mind about these things unless you know somehow Spence gets thrown into the game and takes it over, and he's got no choice. Yeah, I, I think for me that's going to be the most interesting aspect of the game is like what we do on the right and. Like, I mean, as much as we all think Perisic is class, like, he is very good at a select group of things, but there's a reason today why everything we created today against Frankfurt went down the right. Like, we always went to Royale. So I think it's going to be Doherty's job now, and this is very interesting with Royale getting the red card. I think he opened up the door for, like, Spence and... Uh, Doherty to actually go try and win those spots. Well, yeah, and it, Doherty it, had a very good international break. Bar yeah, bar ten minutes against Scotland. But it, but yeah. the, but your point though with the international break was 
everyone's been saying, oh, well, Conti doesn't trust him or, well, Conti doesn't think he's fit. Well, there's no question that Conti trusts him. He was his proven choice right back ahead of Royale until he got that injury against uh, Aston Villa. So Royale was the chosen, or excuse me, Doherty was the chosen right back until he got hurt. So we know Conti trusts him to do his system. The other problem is, though, when people say, oh, fitness. Well, he just played 180 minutes for Ireland in about four days. So clearly he's fit enough to play. So fitness is out of it. We know he trusts him. So at this point, I I think that's exactly who we're going to see. But it's now up to him and Spence as I'm assuming Spence will be on the bench as his backup. It's up to them now to really take advantage because this is how these opportunities create themselves. Somebody gets hurt, you slot in and just prove that you're the new guy. And that's how it works. And I really, really hope for Doherty's sake and for our sake as Tottenham that he slots in and just has a, just a cracker game against Brighton. I think it would have been nice to see him for uh, 10 minutes in this match just to give him a workup. He hasn't played in the league in a while. Um, I really thought he would come on since Emerson wasn't really having that good of a game, and I know he's not going to be available for the uh, the Brighton match, so maybe that's more what his thinking was. But it would have been nice to just see a few minutes of Doherty today um, to prepare him for the weekend if he's going to be our go-to. Yeah, I, I, in a perverse way, I'm kind of looking forward to a team without Royale because he's been a weak link. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And as as Lucas said, if Doherty comes up and plays the same way that he was playing before he got injured, um, it could be the end of, uh, of Royale as a starter. See, I agree with that, but... Um He's not been playing great for games now, Emerson. And Doherty's been sitting on the bench. So there has to be a reason. Now, obviously, he's not recovered from his injury. But uh, he would have played beforehand had he not, uh, obviously, regained his fitness. Yeah, I do see uh, possibly this could be uh, a stubbornness by Conte. He seems to be fairly stubborn about the way he feels, and uh, possibly that has something to do with Dirty not getting this opportunity. So, and this is, I said when I mentioned that, like, I really, really hope this is an opportunity for Doherty to come in and restake his claim as the starting wingback, and Spence, like, hope he stakes a claim as someone that can be rotational, but. I would like to piggyback off what you guys were just saying with there's a reason I will be pessimistic even though I love Doherty there is a reason that he all of a sudden started playing well at the time that he started playing well it was because we signed Kulichevsky Kulichevsky assumed probably 75% of the right wing back role when we signed Kulu last year and he made the inside runs he Doherty's job was literally just to slot it forward to Kulu who would do the job of the right wing back and flip it into Kane and Son so without Kulichevsky Doherty could be very very flaccid in his role where you're just kind of like what are you really offering like so we've yet to see Doherty succeed in a Tottenham Conti system that didn't have Kulichevsky in it well and we didn't see we haven't seen him play with Richarlson so yeah, no, that. that could be exactly it, that could, it be could the work thing too, hundred percent. And I'm just, it, it I just wanted to put that in as a caveat, saying 
that is a reason that we all of a sudden saw him explode as like a wow, what a great right wing back. It was because we had just signed Kulu. So I hope that that's something that we can kind of replicate in the weeks to follow. I think there is a chance that we could see Perisic and Sessegnon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, didn't really work last time, did it? It, did, it didn't really. And uh, Perisic was not as good on defense as he was on attack. He was fine attacking on that side, but he just really there was something about the, the the way he lined up that just wasn't good at defending on that side. And and since Brighton has a decent attack, I think that it, it could be concerning if the, if that was the choice. Uh, and I'm I'm hoping it's Doherty because Doherty can do defense, and he and he certainly knows how to do the wing wing back role for the attack. Uh, so I think he's the right right choice if it's not going to be Spence, if you're not going to throw him in there and just uh, take a chance. And I agree with that. I think Doherty's the right choice for us, but I think for Conte. I mean, did anybody listen to that presser yesterday he gave? Um, someone asked him about Doherty and why he's not been playing. And he said, I'm not stupid. I don't want to lose in regards to why Doherty has not been playing. So what does that mean? What does imagine, that mean? Imagine being Doherty when you hear that, being like, "Well, thanks, coach," but <laughs> well, he obviously he, he obviously <laughs> like, thinks that he told him he could would leave. be uh, unreliable, uh, whatever. I just I don't know. I think we we also have to take everything Conti says with a grain of salt because, like, like he's proven that, like, bar the injury, he was trusting him over Royale. So how can you say that about Doherty being like, well, I'm going to not play Doherty because I don't want to lose, but here's me starting Royale. Well, maybe Someone he hasn't, that you used to trust behind Doherty, bar an injury. But he hasn't so, regained that form. That's what he's seeing on the training ground. Right. That's what I think his point was. Are you seeing it on the training ground? Are you seeing it, are you seeing it on match day? Are you seeing Royale like, just contributing on match day? Because I'm not. But like, that's no. how unfortunate Doherty must be in training. Right. Yeah. I mean, Kante's saying, I would rather deal at with, least uh, Royale, fair, I know fair. I can get defense out of it. I'd rather deal with that than, than oh, Storty. This is where we need Lucas Moro. Yeah. We ran him out against Rangers. We tried him out as a right wing back this summer. I'm like, I'm calling it now. This is going to be our answer, boys. Once and, and he's healthy, he's our right wing back. And we have to remember that, yeah, he, he had told Doherty that he could leave if he wanted to in the summer. Um, he, that he, was that was a thing that was said, and he, he stuck with the, the, the team. So he... Even though he was using him last year because I think it was his only choice, I don't think he favors him. So it's going to be an interesting decision to see how it works out. I, I would probably put my money on uh, per, uh, Perisic and, and uh, uh, Sessegnon, Sessegnon actually, would be the starters. Yeah. It will be Doherty, I'm saying, because we have the Frankfurt. We have the Champions League right on the bottom. quick he's not gonna, Yeah, he's not going to run Perisic that many minutes. Right. But we also have to remember that we can sign Adama Traore as our new right wing back come January. <laughs> you are. He knows he needs to be we insane. Have that in it feels like boys. at some point he's got to come here. We've talked we have about it for like back years. We have it in the back, back pocket, boys. Yeah, it's we'll be signing him when he's 42 years old because that'll be the f- last chance we get him. Poch will sign him when Poch comes back like 10 years from now. It'll be our big signing. Well, let's, let's go to predictions and let's start with Jeff this time. Um... I'm going to say 2-2 draw. Um, I have to say people, right, for goals. Oh, <laughs> that's hard. They have pulled us out of thin air considering what they've looked like the last couple games. Um, I'll say Richarlison and Sessegnon. Sessegnon, that would be nice. nice. 
John, well, I'm going to stay positive and say we're going to win 2-1. And uh, I think Kane and Son will be on. Uh, they've got to start scoring sooner or later, surely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree with the scoreline. 2-1 win. Uh, Sonny, but Richie. Okay, I like that, Peter. Uh, go, go ahead, Lucas. Uh, yeah, I think we win 3-1. I think we score early, which allows us to control the game we want it to be. And I think we get Sun, Kane, and I think Basuma gets his goal and does no celebration. But actually, I hope he does. I hope he just goes mental in front of the away end. So that would be 3-1. Uh, I'm going to say 4-2. And the reason why I'm going to do that is uh, I think that we are capable of attack, and they are attacking team Do we two. win 4-2? I was going to say yeah, Brighton. We, we win 4-2. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good, good. Yeah, we good. win 4-2. Good man. Um, I, I, I just think that it could be that type of open game where we could see, like, Sun and Kane come out of the woodwork and just uh, ha- have amazing performances, and we're walking away from this. Well, I hope um, you're right, because I, I could do with a good, fun game. And new coach. I think, I think they're, they're still feeling things out. Um, as good as they they were performing, they they lost their coach that had pulled them into the top four, um, and now they're they got to feel out a new coach. And uh, Liverpool didn't take advantage of that, but I don't think they're playing very well right now. We're not playing that very well right now, but we did have that Leicester performance, and I could see that coming back here. So that's why I'm going to go for, for two. I'm going to say two from Kane, one from Son, one from Richarlson. Um, so let's move the conversation along. So we don't need to spend as much time on this. So obviously we played away t- to Frankfurt today. Um, so on uh, Wednesday this upcoming week, Wednesday, October 12th at 2 p.m., um, we have the, the home leg of, of, of the group stage against them. Um, so we see what they have to offer. I, I do think today that we played as the better team but we just were not able to finish our chances um and we certainly have a problem getting feeding the ball to our uh, our, our attacking line um which a change of formation i don't think the personnel's there for is the problem um and conte certainly got, has his opinions about what he wants to do with formation um given all that like how do you guys see this game going at home um well actually i think that we've used up all our bad luck in this leg and the bad and the good luck's going to come back i think we're going to win three nil um i don't think we're going to have any difficulty with them uh and you know i'm always the optimist but i think there's a good chance that uh, i mean they were there for the taking today we just didn't take them um at home i think it'll be a different matter so um, it'll be interesting. I would hope that maybe Kuvaleski's back by then. Uh, it's still his return date is TBA. But, uh, they, they said about uh, at least two weeks he, he won't be available, so I don't think he'll be available yet for this one, um, or would be close. Like, uh, And they always keep this stuff close to their vest, so it's possible, but I want to Well, I think you're it. right. We didn't know Lucas Mora was injured until, mm. what, a few days ago, mm. and... Uh, so we do never know. But as far as this game's concerned, I, I, really, I really think that all our, we've got all our bad luck behind us and the good luck will be with us. Uh, Jeff? Yeah, I was gonna, I'll go one more than you. I'm gonna, I think we're going to win 4-0. Um, I think Kane twice. Um, 
Richarlison, and I'm going to say Betancourt doubles his goals for the year, too. Um, yeah, I, do, I don't think Frank Frankfurt's not a road team. They do all their damage at home. They didn't do any today, luckily, so... Well, and with that crowd support, as uh, as stu- and we were talking at the match, as stupid as uh, e- English supporters um, think the whole flag uh, waving and uh, everything that nine year olds on all the walls, yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's, it's that's not, a lot of children at that game today. To say, it's not as we think; it is. It's what it is. Like, it like German football is the biggest nonsense. On but that's like, still support just, that gives you a home <laughs> home field advantage that. That, um, that that can't be doubted. Um, so I, I I think once we have the home field advantage, I think it could be a different story. Um, Peter? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel very positive about the game as well. All we really have to do is what we did in the first half, but stick a few away. And I think it will be a pretty comfortable 3-1 win. Um, I'd be pretty disappointed if that doesn't happen, frankly. And if it does happen... If we uh, don't get a result, then we put ourselves into serious jeopardy in the group, I think. And that's, that's the overriding um, fear that I have, is if we don't get a result, we are going to put ourselves behind the eight ball. If we got the sim- a similar result as today, because they didn't seem that threatening. Like, I think our defense can hold them off, but, um, but if, the, if we can't score and we get another result like today, a point at home against them is, is bad. Very bad. Uh, yeah, 2-0. Uh, 2-0, um, and it's Sun and Sassenong. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a fair guess. Sass uh, played a little bit in Germany himself, so I feel like he could do the goal against Germany, as did Sun, so I feel like that would be the ideal duo to get us a 2-0 win. Okay, I'm going to say I'm gonna say 3-0. I am just gonna feel good, this, despite every all the evidence out there. So I think this is the definition of insanity. Like the way we've been playing, <laughs> like I, I'm predicting two positive games this week. But I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I'm gonna say three nil. I'm gonna say that we get a goal from Kane, a goal from Richarlson, and I am gonna say that we get a late goal from Jed Spence. <laughs> So wow. there's a real... Oh, that's uh, a bet real, right there. Yeah, there, there's a real bet. If you get your Doherty um, start that, that a lot of you are predicting, I think Jed you Spence comes right on late. You looked right at me when you said that, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um, Irish, but, Irish uh, but if it's Perisic, I think Doherty's coming on late, to be honest, But um, which I could see happening too. But I'm going I'm to go out on a limb and say Jed Spence is my last goal scorer. Well, yeah, real- so I said 3-0, but I didn't say the scorer. So, Tommy, yeah, two for Richardson and one for Kane. Um, the other thing to follow on on what Peter was saying, this draw away thing is only good if you win at home. I mean, yeah, win at home, draw away, that's, that's going to be successful. But we, we're really good at drawing away. Well, not so great drawing away, but now we've drawn away, as Peter says, we have to win at home. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, that, well, throw everything it's out. Be this, is, this is the big thing that I thought was funny today, listening to the commentary during the match, was the announcer was like, well, you know, like they've done really well against English teams as of late. They've won like their last three against teams from Great Britain. I'm like, you had two games against West Ham in a semifinal, and then Rangers. You didn't play Liverpool. You didn't play City. You didn't play Man United. You didn't play us. Like, you played West Ham and Rangers. Like, calm the hell down. 
You're now going to come to Tottenham Hotspur where your silly flags in the corner are not going to phase us. Congrats. Like, you won't have nine-year-olds sitting on the fence post like you did today, whatever that was. <laughs> so, yeah, like, they're going to come to White Hart Lane and they're going to be absolutely smacked. So, everyone, I know today did not go well, but big ups. We're going to do them at the weekend at Brighton and then we're going to do them again. We'll be back. Well, final thoughts. Uh, who has a final thought on the week that was, the week that's coming? Uh, I just want to say on my end, like we have uh, Peter, I think you mentioned it, the fixture congestion coming up is, is going to be fierce. And we have not done well under Conte when we have fixture congestion, which, it, which is a concern. Now, we have depth, but a lot of our depth is injured right now. So this is really going to be a make-or-break period for us. Um, and I think we're going to know in a couple of weeks of uh, how the season might shake out. In See, the I, I agree with that. Gird your loin, boys. You know, I mean, it's, this is going to be a, a hell of a month. I always say 10 games in, we kind of know where the, the league is shaking out. And we can kind of recognize now where the league is. Um, but I think this is a little different this year. I think uh, when we break for the World Cup, I think that will tell us a lot. Yeah, the World Cup is the the big wild card. Well, yeah, because I think it's even after the World Cup. Because do our guys come back healthy? Because if they don't, you. there goes the season. But but not our guys, and that's the reason that like we can't judge too heavily on how this month goes. Even if it goes tits up for us in this month, the opposing like if we end the month and we're in sixth, the top five teams might have all of their guys come home. And especially teams like Arsenal, who we've praised, oh, like Arsenal's so good. Arsenal's one or two, they have no depth. They're one or two injuries away from being an eighth place team. So, like, we, we just don't know how the World Cup's going to shape out. And it's something that's crazy to think about that we have to be in this position. Thanks, FIFA. But, like, yeah, we, we might not have the best month we want. But what I would just want to remind people is like, don't freak out because the world cup could shape itself out in the craziest way. And we could come back healthy as a horse and everyone else come back healthy as shit. So we just don't know. And it, it can go so crazy. And this is going to be the craziest year. I think we can all just assume that city's going to win, but <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Like, it we, would we, be very nice though. If the world cup break came after we'd had a really good run. Exactly. I think if the opposite happens, I think if we lose two or three on the bounce, then I think we're all going into that break feeling pretty um, yeah. depressed. Yeah, right. and that's a long break to, break to feel depressed. I'm, it's I'm not gonna, like a well, normal break to feel depressed. Like, oh, international break, you just kind of blow it off for a little because bit. Because everything that Lucas just said is compounded. Yeah. Well, and all podcast listeners know that I hate international football, so I'm going to be going into this break depressed no matter what. <laughs> I don't get to watch my Tottenham play over Christmas. I get to watch Peter and John's England play and a bunch of nonsense, but whatever. <laughs> probably not for yeah. long. <laughs> Happy yeah. holidays, everyone. Yeah, pr- probably not for long. Well, the big uh, game's on Thanksgiving, isn't it? Day, yeah, off, day after Thanksgiving. You get to play the US, US men. There's a win for you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that will be a fun day to be out uh, at the pub, uh, the US against uh, England. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, and England might even win. Uh, who knows? Uh, we'll see how that we'll see goes. See what Luke's locks say. <laughs> yeah. But but I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Before we do that, um, I'm Anthony. I can be found on Twitter at, at Callahan42, K-A-L-I-H-A-N-42. Uh, Lucas, where can you be found? 
Uh, same place, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you need. Uh, always just chatting spur shit. Uh, L-U-C-I-S-R-U-S-K-E at Twitter and Instagram. Peter, where can you be found? Uh, you can find me at the pub at the Atlantic on Lincoln Avenue in Chicago. <laughs> Good <one>. Same days. <laughs> So you're not using the Twitter that much? No, I'm a fella, anonymous fella. Even though you message me every once in a while there. <laughs> Harry uh, Forearms and Harry Head. Uh, Je- Jeff, where can you be found? Um, Facebook. I'm not on the other social medias. Okay, yep, so, so look him up by name. You, you'll find him there. Uh, John, are you on uh, social uh, social media anywhere? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Um John Howard, my my little fledgling uh, antique business is on a, a English John's Treasure Emporium, and I'm on Twitter, but I really don't have any idea what my name is on there. <laughs> <laughs> but that about wraps it up. So uh, th- thanks to Tommy for editing today, me for sound, Charlie for the music, Sam for social media, Rick for fixing our equipment uh, before we started. Um, Uh, Kimberly for the logo and as always the Atlantic Bar and Grill for letting us record here it's great to be back here recording in person Um, find us on our many platforms uh, including iTunes uh, Spotify Stitcher etc hit the subscribe button and write us a review on those platforms or give us a review wherever Um, check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Star Spurs and our website at 4starspurs.com come on you Spurs (laughs) 